Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome into the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo, Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. I am your host for the day, Tanner Saunders. Unfortunately, I have the displeasure of hosting today after a Bills L, but I'm also joined by Dan Dale, Double D, Dan the Bills fan, and we have a, a special guest joining us in the studio today. Evan Harrington had to take a test, so he dipped on us, so we decided to bring his better half in. We have the sports information director for Buffalo State, none other than Mitch Binda. He's going to be joining us here for this segment. And Mitch, I got to say, you're in elite company right now because uh, you're one of four returning guests that we've had on the show so far that I can at least recall. The other three have been Lazarus Morgan, Liz Schulteis, and Katie Villarini. So you're in elite company right now, my friend. Wow, that's uh, that's great to be in such elite company. I know you guys probably... Uh wouldn't consider me part of that elite company. Oh, no, but, absolutely. Uh, no. I'm <laughs> <We> here. <do. laughs> no, we absolutely do. Come on, don't sell yourself short like that. But uh, we know, we obviously, we got to get to the elephant in the room. As I mentioned, the Bills <laughs> lost yesterday 33-30 to in oh, they overtime did? against the they Minnesota. Did? They did? Whoa. Uh, Mitch thought we were here. To, uh, I don't know what he thought we were here for, but that's the, the first order of business. I mean, there's a lot of things we can talk about when it comes to this game, but I think that it's the simplest thing that I can say to sum up this game is we, we just left too much meat on the bone. I mean, you can go back, you know, early in the game, only getting three points instead of seven after uh, Christian Benford's interception. There was the the fumble in Minnesota territory that they reviewed from Devin Singletary, the not kicking the field goal uh, when we went for it on fourth down and goal and ended up coming away empty-handed with the interception and then obviously the game-sealing interception at the end. But we just left uh, too much meat on the bone in that game, I thought. What say you, fellas? Yeah, I I really thought that the Bills should have had this game closed. It, it wasn't even close. It wasn't supposed to be close. Uh, basically, what allowed Minnesota to come back in was Josh Allen. You know, uh, no matter how highly... We think of him, you know, being that MVP favorite, him leading us to the Super Bowl runs that we hope for in coming years. He just hasn't looked the same since the second half of the Packers game. I don't know what went on. Um, you know, I, I gave you at the injury yesterday, so maybe that played into a little bit of factor. But he just didn't, he just didn't do what I thought he would do and in protect the ball, being safe, you know, looking through all your your reads, and it seemed like the two picks were both made by Patrick Peterson, um, and the fumble on the goal line. I mean, what what were we doing there? I I get it. That that's exactly what I wanted them to do to do the QB sneak just to waste the time, get the four seconds off, make them use um, their last time out and. Minnesota, and then just take the knee if you get enough yards. That was going to be the perfect scenario. And you, Allen just fumbled it. He just couldn't get a hold on it. I, I mean, it's not like he tripped. It's not like he didn't go forward. He, he just basically had it in his one hand and just went, oops, here you go. You know, I, I just, I can't believe how we lost. I don't think we deserved the loss. Um... 
And I, I think I'll get into more thoughts later, but I want to leave it there. Mitch? Oh, boy. Um, so, yes, I, I agree that Josh Allen was not good in that game, but I am very hesitant to put this loss on Josh Allen. When you're up by uh, 17 points in the third quarter and you lose that game, I cannot uh, say that it's anyone else's fault besides your head coach and your coordinator's fault. And one of the two interceptions, I think you can put pretty uh, heavily on the head coach's decision to go for it. Because if you take the points, you're up 10 at that point, you take the points, go up by two touchdowns, um, and you never know what would have happened after that. But you can't really put uh, that interception on fully on Josh Allen there because he's just trying to make something happen on fourth down and it looked like nothing was open so he just took a shot because either if he gets picked or if it goes incomplete you get pretty much the same result anyway so I'm not going to put this one on Josh Allen as my number one thing I would put this more on the coaching staff and our defense not being able to get a stop on fourth and 18 and Cam Lewis not knocking a ball down and trying to go for an interception. I feel like that's pretty basic knowledge. Hey, just knock the ball down. Well, it's same thing as a Hail Mary at the end of the game. Just knock the ball down. You don't have to go for an interception. Just knock the ball down. And that that uh, that could be an indictment on coaching as well because, I mean, we don't know what they were telling him on the sidelines prior to that play. But, uh, you know, you gotta you got to knock that ball down. If you just go up there and volleyball spike that thing down or just punch it to Mars – I mean, then none of what happened ends up happening. And plus, you know, if you, you get the better field position, and so that was just, who knows what they were telling them on the sidelines, but you, you got to, you, hopefully they told them to knock that down, but you, you just got to, you got to knock that ball down. And I agree that coaching played a big part in this, going for it on the fourth down in the red zone instead of kicking, you're leaving points on the board. Um, the red zone play calling, I mean, Josh Allen, he, he was so good to start his career in the red zone. I think he went the first 58 games of his career without throwing an interception in the red zone, and now he's got four you know, in the past three games, which leads the NFL. The next closest is three with Trevor Lawrence, but I don't. our, our red zone play calling is just we we got to reevaluate that. we got to figure that out. I went back and looked at our red zone stats on the season, and our passing to rushing um, – disparity in the red zone we've called 56 passes and 39 runs and it's it's harder a lot harder to pass you know in the red zone than it is in between the 20s because everything you know becomes compressed you know windows get tighter because there's less uh, space on the field to work with so especially in a game where motor motor singletary had two rushing touchdowns in the red zone we need to be run the ball down there more you know stop putting everything on Josh Allen and backing him into a wall. I mean, the guy already accounts for like 80% of our offense. We're just going out of our way to make things harder for him. We need to be running the ball down there, especially, you know, given the circumstances. I don't know if that's exactly the answer. I think once you get within the 5 and the 10, maybe that becomes the answer. But when you're at the 20, you know, you're still going to look for passing. You're going to look for digs. You're going to look for your big targeting Davis so he can jump up again. Knox is a great target in the red zone. He's been very successful this season when passed to. Um, 
you know, he had that one unlucky drop, but that was just great defending by Minnesota. You know, I I don't think that the red zone offense is a huge problem. I don't think it's as big as we're making it. Um, I I think this is just media overblown um, at this point. I, I think Allen is completely successful, is right. Yes, he had the four picks, but, you know, that happens, all right? You know, I get it. Josh had the amazing stat of, you know, no picks in the red zone. But at some point, a new offensive coordinator is going to have mistakes in play calling sometimes. It's going to happen. You know, give Dorsey – I get it. Yeah, we've given Dorsey 10 games to figure this out. It's his first year. And who knows? He may be gone by the end of the year by a new coach at this point. The offense still looks as good. You know, maybe they're not scoring as much as everybody would like as a blowout, but he's still calling it well. He's still doing what he needs to as a first-year offensive coordinator. I I think he'll only get better with time, and, you know, maybe he's going to start doing more RPOs or maybe more play action. Maybe he just hasn't found the identity for this red zone offense, and maybe they haven't had time to really test it out because what are you going to do in the red zone? I I don't believe in Devin Singletary in the red zone. Um, There's a lot of factors with Singletary. Fumbling, the offensive line going wrong. You know, the offensive line played great yesterday. I give them a lot of credit. Whatever Cromer's plan was, I think it was great. Um, You know, Hines will get more involved as he gets later. You know, remember, he's only been here for two weeks. Give him time to learn the playbook. Not everybody learns it in a matter of days. Um, Then you have, you're not going to use Taiwan Jones. You're not going to use Duke. You know, Duke's on your practice squad. What He's not there to do much. And really, the only one who I may have wanted to see more was James Cook. I, I believe he deserved the touchdown when he got that one long rush and he got all the way to the one. I think he deserved the touchdown. Then they gave it the motor for to get in. But um, I, I really think that with time, this red zone offense will get better. And I don't think that we need to overblow it like we are right now. Yeah. Uh-oh. I I have some things to say and I think Tanner probably has some stats to back it up, but uh this red zone offense has not been good pretty much the entire year. We're I believe we're near the bottom in red zone scoring. Uh I wish that I had the stats to back it up. I was 21st at 20, 52.94, which is not very good for an offense of our caliber. I was going to go more towards the run game. Like, that's another thing we need to figure out is the run game. And this has been a long-running issue for us. We, you know, we've been dealing with this pretty much for Josh Allen's entire career in Buffalo. He's never had a reliable run game, and that reared its ugly head again yesterday. We couldn't run the ball in the second half. We didn't even try either. Over the last 24 plays of the game that we ran, we only called two designed runs. Two designed runs over our final 24 plays while nursing a two-score lead. Like, that's that's ridiculous. With an injured quarterback. Yep. James Cook had zero carries in the second half. Naheem Hines, I'm glad we brought this guy in to only return punts and to get one <laughs> offensive touch. I mean, what is going on? Like, we, we, we can't run the ball 
And if you can't run the ball when you have a two-score lead and just put your boot on the neck of the opposing team, you're asking for what happened yesterday to happen. And, you know, if we don't address this, if we don't figure out, magically come up with a solution to run the ball outside of Josh Allen, this is going to cost us in a bigger game down the road. I mean, this was a big game. We're we're losing ground, you know, in the AFC. I mean, so much for the one seed. At, at this point, we'll just be lucky to win the division with the way things have been going so far. So it, suffice to say, we got to figure out something with the run game to take a little pressure off of Josh. Because like I mentioned, the guy accounts for 80% of our offense pretty much. So, And we don't, you know, put him in great situations. I mean, we live and die by the guy, you know, making something happen, pulling some type of magic out of his hat. And when he doesn't have it, you know, like he hasn't for the past three, Three weeks, then we're in trouble. I love that. I love that take, Tanner. I think that's. Uh, I think that's a great take, and I don't mean to gang up on you, Dan. But no, uh, it, it's a common theme here. Don't worry about it. I've I've gotten used <laughs> to it over the past couple of months. You you have you have you listened to the Sabers stuff that I say? Oh, I I uh, I've listened, but I'm not that big of a Sabers guy. I'm a big Bills guy. Okay, so okay. Right now, Right now is what I, I love to hear, and I'm dying to hear this. <laughs> well, I get ganged up for the Sabres stuff, so this is nothing new at this point. <laughs> I'm used to it. Also, another thing is what is going on in the second half with us these past couple games? We haven't scored a second-half touchdown since Kansas City. We've only scored 12 second-half points in the last three games, and we've been outscored 43-12. to 12 in second halves these past three weeks. We only put up three against Green Bay in the second half. We only put up three against the Jets in the second half. And then, you know, in the second half in overtime against Minnesota, we only put up six. So that's another thing we got to figure out. And I think that goes back to not being able to run the football. It's just we're relying on Josh too much. And for these past, you know, three weeks or so, he just hasn't had it, hasn't, not to say the hasn't totally been himself because he was making some high-level throws yesterday. I mean, even despite the elbow injury, I mean, throws like standing on the right hash and then whipping it, you know, 30 He had an elbow the... injury? Didn't know. <laughs> I mean, even all things considered, he was still making some high-level throws, you know, on the run, crossbody, the normal type of Josh Allen stuff, but some of the decisions are just have been brutal these past couple weeks. The first interception is excusable because, like you said, Mitch, you know, just trying to make a play, it's fourth down, taking a sack or throwing the ball away does you no good. So, and like we said, you know, the coaching coaching didn't put him in a great spot there. We should have just taken the three to go up. It would have been 30-17 to 17 and then make them have to score two touchdowns. But, you know, we go for it. And the only reason that Patrick Peterson was able to come back into the play was he was originally guarding Isaiah McKenzie, and McKenzie stepped out of bounds, therefore making him in- ineligible. So, Peterson was able to fall off of him and go back to Knox there and uh, and make the interception. So that one's excusable. But the second one, that was that was a horrific decision. I mean, it's second down. It's second down and ten. You know, you still got a minute and some change left. I think they still had two timeouts, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Still have two timeouts. He had motor underneath as the check down. That probably would have picked up. You know, five ten yards would have been a first down for sure. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was he didn't have anybody covering him underneath. So j- there's no reason for him to go for broke in that situation, all things considered. Plus, I mean, the first two plays of overtime for us were scrambles of 18 and 20 yards respectively by Josh Allen. So just 
if you don't like it, just tuck it and run. Take off. Dump it off the motor. Anything would have been better than that decision. There was no reason, given the circumstances, to just go for broke all on that play. I don't know. Davis in the end zone did call for it. Allen just, I believe, expected Davis to be in a different spot. He's been doing this for the past couple of weeks where he expects somebody else or somebody to be in a completely different spot to where he throws it to. I I think Josh has to take the step back and say, hey, let me watch the play develop instead of me thinking that's how it's going to go because there's communication errors. People run different routes. I mean, one of the most famous ones that happened was that when uh, Arizona was on their undefeated streak and Kyler threw, uh, threw it to A.J. Green, A.J. Green didn't even turn around. He, he just he didn't even think he was getting the ball passed to him. So there is that thought, is Allen overcompensating and thinking he will be there right as I throw it, I know he will get it. Or is it a communication error where the wide receivers are running different routes than they're supposed to? Um, but I, I believe that Allen had that throw down. He knew Davis was there. If, Dave, if it would have been closer to Davis... Davis could have gotten up and got it. You know, you trust him being the big body guy that he is to knock whoever it is out of the way and get up and get the ball. Um, you know, was it the best decision? No. 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 Clearly it, it, not. I, I mean, yeah. But I, I think Allen is starting to feel that pressure of all these high expectations that we have. MVP, Super Bowl. You know, look amazing throughout the entire season. No mistakes. We don't want anything. You know, we, we want to see perfect, you know, one of the most perfect complete seasons thrown by a quarterback ever. I I think he's now starting to realize that he can't do that. And he's making the mistakes that are going to happen. I mean, the Rams won the Super Bowl going 12-5. and five. With Matthew Stafford, who had the most interceptions in the league last year. So, and, and Josh has the most interceptions in the league right now. I don't see why not. We can't go on a Ram run. Why not? I, I mean, 12-5, and five, we win the division? Screw it. Well, a, a running game takes uh, some of that pressure off that yeah. you're just talking about. Josh is feeling the pressure. Or how about uh, a coordinator calling some more runs and calling some more plays like that. Matthew Stafford did not have a run game. He had Cam Akers, who was out for the whole year during that time, Daryl Henderson, and that was it. He he, Matthew Stafford did with a complete nobody name of Cooper Cup, who wasn't even that good at the time. What, last year? What do you mean? Well, no, not last year. I mean years past with Jared Goff. He, Cooper Cup was not anything amazing. Remember, they had Brandon I, Cooks. You know, they had other guys overshadowing Cup. You know, Cup did become the number one, you know, in the later of 2020, 2021. This is why you're getting ganged up on. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> you're I giving take... bad takes like this. No, I just take oh the opposite gosh. side, Mitch. And, I... and the Rams had a fantastic defense, a phenomenal We defense. have a fantastic defense. This team working through injuries, I mean. But not when you have injuries. We have a fantastic defense. We have an amazing healthy, defense through right and now through. We're not healthy. Through and right through. Now we're not healthy. That doesn't matter to me. Dane Jackson mm-hmm. has done amazing. Christian mm-hmm. Benford, as a six round rookie, has stepped up exponentially. He got cooked 
a bunch of times yesterday. That's going to happen to a rookie. What do you expect from so, him? To so be the next Tredavious White? So bring a safety over the top. Okay, Cam Lewis got his first start ever as a safety. He transitioned. Then you also have DeMar Hamlin who has questions of his coverage, but he does great. He did great yesterday, I believe. Tremaine, looked, Tremaine had to leave halfway through the game, got replaced by Terrell Dodson. Matt Milano, you, he was a big missing piece from that Jets game. The defensive line was still great, no matter without Greg Russo or not. Boogie got in there. Epinenza, you know, he didn't make as big his name, but Boogie and Vaughn were unstoppable. Ed and Daquan got in a lot. I think this defense is a number one, and right as they get Trey White, you know, back in this lineup, you're not going to see Benford as much anymore. You know, he's going to now be the third. At some point, you need to stop making excuses. And it's say, not if, excuses. Yeah, it's, but you're saying it's a great healthy, defense. Leslie Frazier will be gone right by now. the end of the season. Leslie Frazier will be gone. Why? Where's he going to go? He's going to be a head coach. Really? The dudes had top five defenses with the Bills for the past three or four seasons. The dude he knows getting, how to work a defense. He keeps getting exposed against good teams. This wasn't really exposure. Uh, well, it was unlucky plays. It was a you know, couple bad calls. I, I mean, here, not everything Frazier can control on what happens on the field. He cannot control Cam Lewis not slapping it out of the hands of Justin Jefferson. But he that can control. be drilled into a player from a coaching standpoint. Hey, this it's is what different you do. from practice, from a game. I mean, if you remember, um, Hale Murray. Hail Murray, Trey White, our best, best corner we've had in years, decided to go for the interception. It happens. It, it's not, you know, it's not going to be ingrained in their mind. Game time is different than practice. But it should be. Those are the simple things that should be ingrained in your mind, and you can blame a coach for not ingraining them in their minds of the players if I, it I continues to happen. I exactly. think that's too far. But that, that's it another, happened once. It, it, you just said the no, second time yeah. because, like, you have just mentioned that was the well, second I mean, time that we have not. Well, I mean, it's different players. But it's the same, same coordinator situation. and the, essentially the same situation. I know it's not the same situation because it was the last play of the game versus a fourth down, but it's essentially a one play that all you have to do is have the ball fall incomplete and the game is over. So it's the same play that's now happened at least twice uh, with no changes. Yeah, that's it. That's situational football. That comes down to the coaches. They got to be over there telling him on the sidelines, like reminding him the situation. Like it's fourth down. We get an incompletion. We get the ball. You know where where uh, where it was originally spotted. So you know if you go for the pick, you're risking the receiver catching it for one, and then you're losing a bunch of field position. Not that it would matter too much in that situation, but either way, that's that does come down to coaching because that's just you got to know situational football and know that you know an incompletion ends the game. So like I said, just go in there and volleyball spike that thing down, or you know punch it to Mars, and then what what happened doesn't happen. And one more thing. I'm not going to harp on this too much, but was this not, I believe this was the play immediately after the two-minute warning, right? So they had come to the sidelines, correct, for mm-hmm. the two-minute warning. This was your opportunity as a coach, head coach and defensive coordinator, because he's a defensive-minded head coach, mm-hmm. to say, hey, 
This ball gets knocked down to the ground right then, right there, uh, right at the two-minute warning immediately before the play. I, I would like to say that there was a qu- uh, quote by Cam Lewis saying, hey, I got to knock that down. Like, so he <laughs> even knew. So he even knew he messed up. So sometimes it is just the player messing up in this type of situation. You know, maybe the coaches did tell him to knock it down. But when you're in that mode of, hey, I want to make a play so I can put my name out there, that kind of stuff happens. It happens a lot. Allen plays hero ball a lot. He did during the Texans game back in 2019. We saw a lot of hero ball from Allen back then, and that was not a fun time during that game. I there, There's just certain things that I think you can tell a player that may not be able to happen in game time just because of all the thoughts, all of the ideas going through the mind, all the pressure. It, it's hard to deal with pressure. And for Cam Lewis to be put into this spot who – I believe performed a hundred times better than Jaquan Johnson. Jaquan Johnson got set for Cam Lewis, and Cam Lewis deserves to be a starter. He made a mistake. He's got to learn. This defense is still the number one in the league. It is still going to be the most feared defense in this league, and nothing is going to change that. It's more can the offense help the defense? I, I do kind of agree with Mitch. We did get exposed yesterday. I mean, Delvin Cook went for over 100 yards, including, you know, the 81-yarder, which I don't know for fact, but that feels like the longest rushing touchdown we've given up this season. Kirk had 350 yards through the air. Justin Jefferson had a buck 90. I mean, we didn't have anybody that could slow him down one-on-one. They mentioned it on the broadcast, but now he's got the, uh, the most games with 100-plus yards receiving in his first three seasons. That was number 20. We just we we did get exposed. We did not have anybody that could hold him one on one. And then something. So put a second guy on him. That's a coaching decision, right? <laughs> well, I mean, we did, there were there were times they we had didn't two guys put a spy on Allen most of those that. times. That's a coaching decision. Well, that's their problem. We're not really coaching about decisions that. get questioned when you lose. Coach, coaching decisions get questioned any time in the game. Whenever you're looking back. You know, you're not going to tell me that Kevin O'Connell can look at this game and say, oh, there's nothing to improve on ne- to the next game. He hasn't won a game by more than seven points this year, I believe. He, no, they won their first. Their first win was 23-7, oh, to seven, but outside of that, they've won. Outside of that. So one game. One possession. One possession but games. Won. But they won. That the doesn't games. matter. You can Any team can approve after a win, after a loss. After a tie, Colts have improved after the tie, as much as I hate to say that, considering it's the Colts um, because of their whole situation. Everybody can get better. It's, yeah, maybe we take it more as an overreaction on Monday when you lose, but everybody improves. Everything will change. You know, there, there will be changes to this defense and to this offense next week against the Browns. I think that that's a valid point. I mean, Kansas City, after their first nine games last season, was 5-4, and four, and, you know, they made it all the way to the AFC Championship. So there's a lot of Bills fans out there that are like, this is a sound-the-alarm loss. It was, 
it was a tough one, and it was frustrating, but still, I mean, things could be worse. We're still 6-3. and three. We're still right in the thick of things in the AFC. There's plenty of time to turn things around, but uh, it's, I guess it's fair to be slightly, slightly concerned after yesterday, but I don't think there's... I mean, this team is flawed in a lot of ways, but still, you know, we are we are six and three for a reason, and there's still plenty of time to uh, turn things around here in the regular season and get back on the right track. Season right. is not over. That is season correct. Season is not over. Now there is a breaking development about the game. Uh oh. During the overtime, uh, from the first and goal, when the Bills stopped Dalvin Cook. Oh, twelve men. There is actually twelve men. <laughs> so we can't win even when we're cheating. So Kevin O'Connell well, was right, and there were 12 men on the field at that time. This is by Pro Football Talk, uh, you know. So they're actually a reliable source on Twitter. Was it was it 12 men on the defense? Like uh, in, it's on the like defense. In yeah, formation, the, or was one guy running on the off field. the field? Uh, I am trying to because that makes a difference. Like if we had 12 guys that were actually playing the play, it was formation wise. It was not. Nobody was coming off the field. It, it was basically they were out there, and the the refs just didn't remember how to count. <laughs> they they counted eleven instead of twelve. They're like, oh yeah, oh, we're we'll good. Take it. Yeah, it didn't end up mattering in the end, but uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, all right, let's let's take a break, and then we'll come back, Dan. We'll talk about. Uh, more games around the league and just forget about this one because that was a tough one. Mitch, thank you for your time. Thanks for coming in, giving you two cents. It's always good to chat with you, and we'll catch you down the road, my friend. Yes, thank you very much. And, Tanner, you're doing a great job. Eh, I try my best. Ouch. All right. Wow. <laughs> oh, Jeez, no. turn him off, Tanner. No love for Dan. All right, let's uh, take a break, and we'll come back with more of the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo. I wasn't very close today. Unfortunately, that corner is a former college receiver who jumps a lot higher than me and is much more athletic. I was hoping to be wide open, and I probably was on the first one, and uh, I think they were pretty clued in on the second one. They said, cover him, cover him, and I was on the sideline, and I tried to yell, Lenny, no, but it was too late. All right, welcome back to the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. That was Tom Brady talking about the the trick play that was not meant to be yesterday when uh, Leonard Fournette threw a pick trying to throw it to him on a vertical route. That's got to be one of the most, like, that's got to be the biggest disparity in athleticism for a single rep in NFL history. You had 45-year-old Tom Brady going up against, I don't even know how old, but definitely like early 20s, Tariq Woolen, who also runs like a 4-3-40 when Tom Brady runs like a 5-2-something trying, trying to moss him. That was uh, that was funny. But that's, uh, that's going to be the first game we talk about here, the Tan and Dan show, the NFL roundtable, where we, we uh, go around the league and recap the scores from yesterday. The Buccaneers beat the Seattle Seahawks 21-16. Tom Brady became the first player to win in four different countries, the United States, the United Kingdom, Mexico, and Germany. That's according to ESPN Stats and Info. And also, my uh, my niche stat that I'd like to point out for this game is that since becoming single, Tom Brady is (laughs) 2-0. Since his divorce, he wins. That's right. Uh, (laughs) But... I on the uh, trick play really quick, you know Tom Brady has like the two most infamous like trick play memes ever. You know he now had this where he tripped and fell. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the other one was the Super Bowl where the ball just went a little too far. He's yeah. like reaching out for it. Um, Tom Brady just cannot get trick plays down. 
I don't know why they keep trying it. Um, Tom Brady, the wide receiver, has got to be the worst in NFL history. And normally I would reserve that title for uh, for former Bill Kelvin Benjamin, but uh, Brady's he's he's right up there with if him. If they try it one more time, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, really, this was kind of a dry game, I would say. I mean, there wasn't really any, like, you know, big – Except for the trick play, I mean, that was the huge thing that came out of it. Um, Brady had a Brady game, you know, doing his thing, getting a a high completion percentage and 258 yards with the two touchdowns. Chris Godwin, I love you, Chris Godwin. I believed in you. Uh, You're not the king yet. You know, you're not Derrick Henry level, but you got a touchdown your first of the year. Congrats. Same with Julio Jones. Julio Jones is healthy for once. Look at him. He scored a touchdown. He actually had 53 yards, you know, instead of grabbing for his ankle uh, right as he runs the first route of the game. Um, But really, I I just think this kind of proves that if the Seahawks don't have a big run game with Kenneth Walker, they pretty much stall. Um, you know, Kenneth Walker only got 10 carries for 17 yards. Oof, that's I, brutal. That, that is, like, from a guy who scored a touchdown, I believe, in every game he, like, was a starter in, and to finally stop him, this just kind of showed the Seahawks, like, hey, we had a blueprint, and we figured out yours pretty well. Um, you know, Seahawks moved down to 6-4, and four, and Tampa – is back to 500. You know, finally, they're now looking like a team again. Um, You know, hopefully. I'm not saying this as, like, you know, I support Tom Brady, but I think just because of all the stuff that happened to Brady, I I would love to see him to go on a run to, like, the NFC Championship and then lose. Or even get to the Super Bowl, face the Bills, and have that whole you know, Brady versus Bill's dilemma again, you know, as last season uh, going into overtime. I would love that. Um, Hopefully just a different outcome than that game. But I think Tom Brady's back to normal. You know, I think we overblown the whole, you know, he's washed, he's old, his age is coming to hurt him. No, it was just personal reasons made him depressed, and he's now back to normal. <laughs> he He's single, ready to mingle, and he's scoring some touchdowns. And, yeah, but that's by ready to mingle. Dan means ready to throw some more touchdown passes. <laughs> All right, the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. Another close game. The Lions pulled out a 31-30 to victory, and once again, it was that man, Bustin' Fields. That's my new name for him. Not because he's a draft bust, but because he's been busting out of that pocket for some big gainers these past couple games, and he did it again yesterday. He had a 67-yard rushing touchdown. He's the only quarterback now in the Super Bowl era with multiple rushing touchdowns of 60 yards or more in the same season. That's according to NFL Research. Yesterday on the game, Justin Fields was 12 for 20 for 167 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and also 13 carries for 147 yards and two rushing touchdowns, including that 67-yarder. Justin Fields is the first quarterback since 1950 to have 300-plus rushing yards in a two-game span, according to the Elias Sports Bureau. 
He has the most rushing yards in a five-game span now by a quarterback in the Super Bowl era with 555. He is the fourth player in NFL history to have both a 50-yard passing touchdown and 50-yard rushing touchdown in the same game, or 50-plus, I should say, joining Ace Parker, Cam Newton, and Lamar Jackson, according to ESPN Stats and Info. He's now rushed for 50 yards and a touchdown in four straight games, which ties Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson for the longest streak by a quarterback since the 1970 merger. That is also according to NFL research. He did have one kind of ugly pick six yesterday where he was rolling out to his right, just kind of hucked it up for grabs, and Jeff Akuda picked it off and took it back to the house. Justin Fields said on that play, I can assure you that will never happen again for the rest of my career, end quote. But uh, outside of that, he was solid, and... Again, he continues to just improve every week, and he's continuing his emergence as potentially the guy in Chicago. And I have to mention, every time we talk about Justin Fields, i got to bring it up. Bears fans, where's the Justin Fields apology for him? Because I'll be the first person to sign it. I said, you know, earlier this season that he was the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, but that has not been the case, at least over the last seven games. Justin Fields over the last seven games, is completing 61.1% of his passes, 99 of 162 for 1,192 passing yards, 10 passing touchdowns, three picks, a 96.5 QBR, and has also tacked on 77 carries for 654 yards, five touchdowns, 8.5 yards per carry, and one fumble loss. So over the past seven games, Fields has 1,846 total yards, 15 total touchdowns, only four total total turnovers, but unfortunately the Bears are 1-6 in in those last seven games and again, of course, they lost the close one yesterday and and they know it, they know it Uh, Eddie Jackson, their their veteran safety said after the game that quote, it eats me up inside, end quote that the defense isn't doing enough to help out the offense, he said, we gotta be better on defense, we gotta get this fixed fast Justin is balling and we're leaving him out to dry yeah, no, it's really hard to see that Justin Fields has these amazing games now. You know, actually getting Chase Claypool helped him so much in the sense with Cole Komet now getting open, Darnell Mooney getting more open than ever. Um, but, you know, it's just not enough sometimes. When your third wide receiver is Byron Pringle, I, I really got to really gotta wonder if you're still having your best team out there Uh with the Bears, but give credit to the Lions, man. The Lions are now two and one against division opponents. Who would have thought that uh, just a couple at the beginning of the season where they would win uh, against the Packers and the Bears, um, or at least, you know, the Packers. But the Lions also snapped a 13-game winless streak on the road which was the NFL's worst at the time um, because, man, that that is hard to lose if you're the, the Bears. I, I just can't believe you lost. Uh, you allowed 21 points in the fourth quarter. Um, you, you sold it more than the Atlanta Falcons did uh, during the Super Bowl. And, you know, I get it, like, Oh, well, that's during a Super Bowl. You know, that's way more important. If you're, if you're the Detroit Lions, like, you, Dan Campbell's job is probably on the line if he loses this game. We we may be talking, is Dan Campbell the right guy for this job? Uh, 
But yeah, good win for Detroit. Um, hopefully the Bears figure out what they can do to help Justin Fields. I mean, their next couple of games are very winnable games. Atlanta next week, the Jets the week after, and then the Packers. Um, after that, then it kind of gets tough with the Eagles and the Bills. Um, so, you know, hopefully they can win a couple more games before the season's over. The Lions, this is according to NFL on CBS, the Lions win over the Bears yesterday was their first victory when trailing by 14 or more points entering the fourth quarter since Halloween night 1993. They had lost the previous 98 games where they were when they were trailing by 14 plus entering the fourth and for the flip side for Chicago this is also according to the NFL on CBS they are the first team in NFL history to score 29 or more points in three consecutive games and lose all three uh poverty franchises (laughs) there there's no other way to say it that's just bad both of that is bad but like we keep saying the only the the positive thing for the Bears is that man under center, Justin Fields. The record for rushing yards in a season by a quarterback is Lamar Jackson. He did it in 2019, had 1,206 yards. And Justin Fields right now is on pace for 1,273, so on pace to break Shit. the record. We keep saying, man, the Bears, nine picks in the upcoming draft, over $100 million in cap space, which is by far the most in the NFL. If they play their cards right, they can put a really good team around Justin Fields this offseason. And, you know, it seems it's trending in the direction that Justin Fields is the guy. So come on, Ryan Poles, put a good team around this guy and let him go to work. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday, 27. Jaguars? Jaguars. Jaguars. Is that how I said it? Maybe. I just thought it was funny. Duval. <laughs> he gave me a thumbs up like, thanks, Dan. The, however I pronounced it, Jaguars, Jaguars, <laughs> however you want to say it, they lost yesterday to Kansas City 27-17. to Yesterday in that game, Patrick Mahomes 26 of 35, 331 yards, four touchdowns, one INT, also tacked on seven carries for 39 yards. That is his third four-touchdown passing game of the season, which leads the NFL, according to StatMuse. And also, Kadarius Toney had a, a pretty good game yesterday for Kansas City. Two rushes for 33 yards and also had four receptions for 57 yards in a touchdown. In 12 games with the Giants, Kadarius Toney had a whopping zero touchdowns, and then only his second game with the Chiefs, he scores his first career touchdown. And speaking of scoring touchdowns, Marquez Valdez-Scantling finally scored a touchdown, his first receiving touchdown of the season, and my fantasy team rejoiced. And going back to Justin Fields, I'm hopping around, but... Oh, boy, Justin Fields had me on edge yesterday because I had to play him in fantasy. I made it out alive, but he uh, gave me a scare. The man put up dang near 40 points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did almost score 40 points. But MVS Jeez. came through for me. MVS was your MVP. That's right. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> uh, Patrick Mahomes just has another Patrick Mahomes game. What else can you say about four touchdowns? Yeah, he had the one pick, so what? Um, now they're the AFC conference leader in the number one seed, um, rightfully so. I I gotta say, Juju 
took a really hard hit that was not even called for a penalty. It was helmet to helmet. Dude goes down with a concussion. Probably going to be out next week, most likely. And no flag. Are, what, what are the refs thinking? Like, the refs have made such a big deal about, you know, players hitting their head on the ground hard, you know, making sure that the players are protected. It, and you did nothing. I, I get it. Yeah, you can't do anything in the moment, but that you didn't even eject the guy for making that hit or just giving the penalty. You know, one or the other. Juju may be long-term affected by this. You know, you don't know. Uh, I I really feel bad for Juju. He was having a great season. I hope he's able to come back, you know, and do what he's been able to do. And, you know, it's just hard to watch that hit where he just goes down and you can just tell right away he's done. Um, the Jaguars, though, you know, they kind of – they did – they did all right. You know, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is proven why he got signed to that big contract. Nine receptions, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, take that with a grain of salt. It's Kansas City's defense. But, you know, being paid all that money and everybody making fun of him during the offseason, he 100% is proving why he deserves that money. Absolutely. That is uh, the reason why Evan Harrington wanted to – bring Christian Kirk to the Buffalo Bills. He was a big advocate that of that in the offseason, but there was no shot that was happening with the contract he got. But he's he's playing up to it, and unfortunately, though, it wasn't enough for Jacksonville, but at least, you know, they got him, and he'll be a very good number two when uh, Calvin Ridley comes back next year. He figures to be the number one, but that, uh, you know, we all clowned on it on the time, but that the early returns on that have been very good so far for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Moving on, I, I really don't want to talk about this game, but we talk about every game, so we got to do it, and especially now with the development that the Bills are now third place in the AFC East. That's the last thing I want to do is gas up a division rival. But the Miami Dolphins defeated the Cleveland Browns yesterday. Oh, Dan has taken the headphones off. He is walking out of the building. He's not talking about the Dolphins. I don't want to either, but in fairness, you got to do it. They defeated our opponent for next week, the Cleveland Browns, 39-17. In that game, Tua Tungavailoa was 25-32 for 285 yards and three touchdowns. And I don't want to give him credit, but I have to. The last three games, he's been spectacular for the Dolphins, completing almost 77% of his passes, 76 and a half to be exact, 75 of 98 through the last three games, 969 passing yards, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. Now on the season, Tua has 18 passing touchdowns, only three interceptions, which includes 10 touchdowns and zero interceptions since the, the concussion controversy. He has a 118.4 passer rating this season, which leads the NFL. The next closest is over 10 points behind him, Geno Smith at 108, and he is now 7-0 and in games that he has started and finished is to a tongue of Iloa. And unfortunately now we're uh, we're in the basement of the AFC East looking up at uh, Tua and the Dolphins, unfortunately. I don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. No. Uh, uh, to a. You're. 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 Good. 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 
There, you got it out of me. He's fu- he's good. Mm. Um, you know, I I I hate Miami. Um, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson was a great addition for Miami. Oh yeah, um, you best believe I'm back in the Jeff fan Wilson club now. fan club, baby. I I don't even care if he's not even on my. He is on my fantasy team in one of the leagues, in one of my leagues that I do. So I am still technically a part of the Jeff Wilson fan club. You know, he may not be in my one uh, league that I was talking to you about, Tanner, but he is in another. So, honorary member of the Jeff Wilson fan club. Uh, what was surprising to me when, you know, the Dolphins got way ahead, Skyward Thompson actually came in and threw a pass for 17 yards. I, I would have thought that would have been Teddy. I, I don't know if they just couldn't five Teddy. I, I don't know what's wrong. Um you know, is Teddy going to see be out the door after this year? You know, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, I I get he's a okay backup. You know, he's not a great starter, but he's an okay backup. Um, but Tyreek Hill, what the heck happened to you? Catch more balls, run up field more. You got out yarded. That, yeah, that's the word. Uh, by Alec Ingold. The 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 fullback yes, sir. Uh, and Trent Sherfield, I don't even know who the heck Trent Sherfield is. He's a wide receiver, I guess. Never heard of him. But um, you know, Tyreek, what happened? Why didn't you get more yards, buddy? Um, could have used you to do better this week. Um, Browns, you're the Browns. That's all you got for you? I I mean, brisket looks like a slow-cooked meat that still hasn't developed. Um, you know, hasn't been put on the rub yet. Uh, Nick Chubb has been stopped pretty well. I mean, 11 carries for 63 yards and only a touchdown. Uh, for Nick Chubb numbers, that's pretty low. Kareem Hunt, you would have thought you got more him more involved. Nah. Uh, and your leading receiver was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Congratulations, Browns. You still suck. Uh, Don't say that too quickly. Don't Let's not start going there just yet, because keep in mind, we do have to play this team next week, and boy, can I not wait to play this run-heavy team when we've been getting gashed by the run, you know, the past three weeks now, and who knows if Tremaine Edmonds is going to play. Again, sorry to jump around, but that's another thing from that Bills game that really hurt us, is that we were not the same defensively after no. Tremaine Edmonds went out. I, I, There was a stat. I, I mean, yeah, we're jumping around, but who cares? It's Tan Dan show. That's that's what we do here, man. That's right. Um, there was, here it is. Tremaine Edmonds had a 90.0 coverage grade on this year after earning an elite 92.3 mark yesterday. This was by PFF. Mm -hmm. Um, His previous career high for a season was a rookie with 55.4. He earned a 37.5 coverage grade just last year. I, I mean, the dude is improving. Yeah, Tremaine, it doesn't get talked about, but he is a huge part of our defense, and he has just been tremendous this season, and we were not the same defense yesterday after Tremaine went out, and I hope that he's well enough to play next week, because boy, are we going to need it going up against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. With the way our run defense has been, we need all hands on deck next week. I want to see 
uh, true date. Wow, I really botched that up. I flubbed. I flubbed in the flub book. Yeah. Um, Tredavious White. Where, buddy, come back. I, I, I get it. Yeah, you had ACL. Come back. Come on. It's time. It's time. It's time to pull you back. Pull you with the rope. Come on. Get back in there. You know, send him out. Put him in, coach. Push him out there. I, I, I think this defense also needs Trey back as a big leader, big personality, you know. He he hypes up the group a lot, so I think they just need him back on the field to get probably some good feelings coursing through their blood. I wouldn't be, like, super mad if he didn't play next week because, I mean, Amari Cooper is a good number one receiver, but he's no Justin Jefferson, so we might be able to get away for one more week having to stick Christian Benford or or uh, Dane Jackson on Amari Cooper. They, I mean, they they didn't play horrible yesterday. I mean, just nobody could no, cover. No, it was just unlucky. Yeah, nobody could cover Justin Jefferson one-on-one. There's not the, many people in the league that can. The so. dude's amazing. Yep, he, and he made the catch of the century yesterday pretty much. Just, uh, just brutal. I, I still think it's a pretty fair trade. Oh, Diggs, yeah. Diggs did well. Both teams got what they wanted. Yeah. Buffalo got a number one receiver. You know, and they've been Super Bowl contenders ever since he got here. And Minnesota got one of the best young receivers in the league on a rookie-scale contract for four years. So don't try and tell me that the Vikings won the trade. Both teams, that was a rare win-win. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll continue with our NFL round table here on the Tan and Dan Show. So stick around for the second hour here on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo, Buffalo's original alternative since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Act. Activity fee. We got we to keep going. Thank you, guys. Yep. Russell Wilson is officially broken. There was no no Broncos country. Let's ride after his uh, post-game presser yesterday. Welcome back to the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo, Buffalo's original alternative since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. I am Tan. Next to me is Dan. This is the Tan and Dan Show. Now let's get right back into our NFL roundtable, recapping some of yesterday's games. The New York Giants defeat the Houston Texans yesterday 24-16. to In that game, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, 13-17 for 197 yards. Two passing touchdowns. Also had five carries for 24 yards. He had a 153.3 passer rating yesterday. Did Daniel Jones, which believe it or not, according to NFL on CBS, is the highest by any quarterback in a game this season. Not Patrick Mahomes, not Josh Allen, not, you know, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, not Daniel Jones. What what a crazy, what a crazy world we live in uh, where Daniel Jones has the highest passer rating of the season. But, you know, Daniel Jones, yeah, he had a great passer rating. Saquon Barkley carried that team to victory. Dude had 35 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown. I I mean, that is just so utterly amazing from a team that doesn't really have that big number one running back. To just see that stat line is just amazing. Um, Kenny Galladay, this is my big loser of the week. (laughs) Yeah. Big loser of the week. The man finally decides to play a game after, you know, getting off his injury. He's finally getting back to normal. Uh, you know, 
and he should be sold into this offense. I mean, it isn't like this is a defensive coach or a special teams coach. This is a main offensive coach guy in Brian Dable who loves good receivers. Duke gets replaced by Isaiah Hodgins in the second, gets benched. Uh, that that just can't happen. How did you lose out to Isaiah Hodgins? I know, I know. At least we have experience with Isaiah Hodgins here, but you know he never beat out Isaiah McKenzie. He never beat out Jake Kumara. You know he was always that last, you know, close to last guy. Um, that's why he got sent down to the practice squad and picked up by the Giants. Um, Kenny, what what's wrong with you, buddy? What what do you need? Do you need counseling? Do do you need to go to like a camp or something? I I don't know what you need anymore, man. You get paid all this money to sit your butt on a bench. Can I be like you? Can I get paid millions of dollars to not play football and just sit my butt on a bench? I I would love that, man. Is there like a designated position for that bench boy? I don't know. I want that title now. I would love that. Um, yeah, that's not that bad of a deal. No, you know, he's making seventy-two million dollars to play. Not at all. That sounds like the dream job because you're you're in the NFL. You know, you get to travel everywhere. You get like your hotel and all that stuff paid and all those expenses. You don't have to. You know, you're 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 not out there getting hit. You know, play after play, and your brain turns to mush by the time you're like forty-five. Like that's the dream job right there. Kenny Galladay's living the dream. Exactly. I mean, the dude, it, it, it's like, uh, I can't even imagine to think of how amazing it must be to just watch your team go out there and you just lay back and say, ah, did somebody get my margarita yet? You know, like this dude could just like bring a beach chair and, you know, act like he's on vacation. And he would still get paid. Um but, man, the, the long neck giraffe couldn't pull it through in Davis Mills. He tried. He, he had 319 passing yards, which is almost, which was like a hundred and such more than Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah, he had an interception, so what? Um, Damian Pierce, he's one of the best young backs in this league. 17 carries for 94 yards. Uh, he has looked amazing throughout these past couple of weeks Brandon Cooks played wow oh my god Brandon Cooks did something which is utterly nothing because he still doesn't want to be there um you know Brandon wanted to be traded I feel bad for Brandon Cooks he he was very nice he was very nice he didn't even announce that he wanted to trade he just said you know quietly to them you know just just get rid of me you know I'm not gonna make a huge deal about this, but now he's letting all the anger out. I I would be worried for teams later in the season because if he keeps losing, if the Texans keep losing, his anger just gets more and more. He's going to become like Brandon Cooks. He's going to have a 300-yard game, big Randy Moss stat line. I would be worried, um, you know, but I, I think it's funny. You know, the Bills, I, I remember after week one, you know, Houston – Picked up O.J. Howard. He had this such amazing game. Got two touchdowns. You know, everybody said, oh, the Bills made a huge mistake. How could they? He hasn't done anything, anything since week one. 
Jordan Aikens has taken over that tight end room and said, uh-uh, uh, sit down, you, you little boy. You're you're blocking now. Uh, the, the only person I will say who I wish we kept, who I wanted us to keep, is Jerry Hughes. I I I get that Jerry's older, you know, he, he's not Von Miller. I I understand that. But I feel like how dangerous would it be to have Von Miller and Jerry Hughes on each side of each other? I just feel like that would be way better than Rousseau and Von. I I I love Rousseau. Don't get me wrong. Love his reach, love the development. You know, he's been doing great except for the injury. You know, you can't control that. But I just wish we could have kept Jerry because Jerry's been around here for so long and he's still having success with a horrible, 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 deplorable, horrible uh, Houston team. Yeah, I mean, I it's hard for me to say that because I am a big Greg Rousseau guy, but that would have been cool, you know, especially if we can uh, win, you know, the big game this year and have have Jerry Hughes be a part of that. That would have been nice, but it wasn't meant to be, but it's good to see that he's still still out there balling. I also wanted to touch on Kenny Galladay, but his last four games for the Giants, he's been targeted six times, has zero catches and two drops. <laughs> let's, let's just talk about, just to encapsulate, and you touched on this a little bit, Dan, how bad Kenny Galladay has been this year. Let's talk about two Giants receivers, Kenny Galladay and Isaiah Hodgins. On the season, Kenny Galladay for the Giants has two receptions for 22 yards. Isaiah Hodgins on the season for the Giants has two receptions for 41 yards, and Hodgins played his first game as a Giant yesterday. So that just goes to show. It's just so embarrassing. Yep, how bad Kenny Galladay has been. Moving along here, the... Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the New Orleans Saints yesterday, 20-10. to And as part of my prep for the show, Dan, usually I'll go through and I'll, like, find some cool stats and I'll just write down some notes that I want to, you know, talk about for the game. All I put for this game, one, one bullet point, and it says pigeons. That's all I have to say about this <laughs> game is pigeons. Did you see? Look at all those pigeons. Yeah. Did you see the like the screenshot from like the first quarter where the where Pittsburgh's on New Orleans yeah. side of the field and there's all those pigeons yeah. behind Kenny Pickett and yep. like good grief. Is there stat? Is it like a record for most pigeons on yeah. an NFL day? Uh, on the field uh, during a game, you know. I could not I could not find that. I can't confirm nor deny, but I'm just I'm sitting there like thinking how much help do the Steelers need? I mean, that's got to be <laughs> that's got to be some kind of penalty. Too many men on the field like with all those pigeons. <laughs> Too many back pigeons there. on the field, man. <laughs> <laughs> Too many pigeons on the field. Offense, 5-yard penalty, first down. Oh my god, that 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 is crazy to think about how boring that game is. So a bunch of pigeons have to go sit on the field and make it relevant. That's right. <laughs> um, man, Andy Dalton just had a horrible day. Um, I expected the Saints to to win this game. I get T.J. Watt was back, but no Minka Fitzpatrick. That's a huge hit either way. You know, I get they're getting a huge piece back, but they're also taking a huge hit at the same time. And you throw two interceptions? What, did they both go to Levi Wallace and said, oh, yeah, he's actually a good quarter now. Um, you know, Alvin Kamara did nothing. Eight carries for 26 yards. Uh, Jaquan Johnson was your leading receiver. Uh, Chris Olave basically did nothing. Um, 
you know, three catches for 40 yards. Woohoo. Um, I I really thought the Saints were going to be more dominant. I, I really did. And it is just not happening. And Dennis Allen, guy, asked, you know, you have you have Jameis Winston on your bench. Hey, look at him. Uh, and he said, no, no, we're not looking at him. Uh, we, we've we turned the other cheek. We're, we're going to stick with Dalton, uh, you know, for right now. And I, I just think that that's got to be a wrong move. I get it that, you know, Jameis isn't like number one QB, franchise QB type material. He never will be. He throws too many picks. You know, he's good at some days, horrible at others. Um, but after this type of game, Randy Dalton craps the bed. You know, you, you kind of need to put in somebody to save your season, especially when you're three and seven, uh, you know, in a division that is still pretty winnable uh, with Tampa Bay only being at five and five. Um, I I just I, good win for the Steelers, man. Mike Tomlin, I I think we're. I, I think he's still going to have his first losing season ever, but um, he got Jalen Warren involved. Najee Harris had 20 carries for 99 yards. Uh, Jalen Warren had only nine for 37. Um, George Pickens. Pickens even got involved in the run game, and he's been an amazing catch, uh, pass catcher. Deontay Johnson still getting his receptions and yards, just can't find the end zone. I mean, they have a good team, but they can all put it together. Um you know, and they did, and I think they're just going to get better with T.J. Watt back. I think that was their big missing piece, and they're happy to have him back. <clears throat> Indeed. Mike Tomlin is still still that guy. He's still a great coach. There's no doubt about it, and I think if you're the Saints, that would be worth considering, you know, going back to Jameis Winston. You, I mean, you say that he's not QB1, not franchise quarterback material. I mean, he, he kind of looked like it last year, but that was underneath Sean Payton. Obviously, Sean Payton not there anymore, but Jameis was playing really good ball last year before he got injured, but uh, he was not playing very good ball at the start of this season. Moving along, the... Tennessee Titans and the Denver Broncos. The Titans won 17-10. Now, imagine imagine this. You're a Broncos fan, and before the game, somebody tells you that the Broncos held Derrick Henry to 53 yards on 2.8 yards per carry. You, you would think, oh, well, shoot, we won probably with ease then if we're holding Derrick, Derrick Henry to those type of numbers. No, you still lost. Here, here's Let's go over the Broncos drives in the second half. They had six drives in the second half. Punt, 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 game ceiling interception. (laughs) I mean, and this is even more embarrassing when you consider that the offense had a whole bye week. They had a whole two weeks to prep for this Titans defense, which is one of the bottom pass defenses in the league. And they still only put up 10 points, zero in the second half. For the seventh time now in nine games, the Broncos have been held below 17 points, which is the most sub-17-point games through nine contests in a season in Broncos history. That's according to Broncos beat writer Andrew Mason. And basically what all this means is that Nathaniel Hackett might be one and done as a head coach. Oh, Dan is Please give me one second so I can close the door. Uh Uh-oh, he is... Standing up, I did not expect. I didn't think we were going to get a rant today, but it looks like it's time for double D rants. Here we go. This time on the Denver Broncos and the Titans. What have you got, double D? 
place the king, the crown on top of the king's head. You may have stopped him. You may have slowed him down. But he keeps moving. And his subjects in Nick Westbrook and Traylon Burks have come back with a vengeance. And they have said, hey, we're here too. The princes of the Tennessee Titans have returned. And place the crown upon the Tennessee Titans head. Even with Derrick Henry not doing good. Okay. Okay. That, that was it. Oh. <laughs> uh, All right. I wasn't expecting that one to come out, but there we go. There you have it. There's the rant for the day. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson, what are you doing with your life, buddy? Uh, too many danger witches? You know, did, did, they, did they make too many before they canceled the deal? And they said, hey, yeah, we have all these extra danger witches in, in shop. You're, you're going to have to take them and eat them. Um, because it seemed like all he was doing was sitting on his butt, eating food, uh, you know, not preparing for the game. Uh, you know, it's it's shocking that Russell Wilson can, you know, just throw games. Throw them. Uh, and, and not by passing, by, by throwing them away to the other team. Um, Melvin Gordon, you know, he actually had his first game in a long time. First great game in a long time. Uh, Cortland Sutton looked well. Hopefully everything on Jerry Judy comes back okay. I know he's getting tests today for an MCL, you know, in his knee. Um, hopefully everything's okay with him. He's a great young wide receiver. He's going to be great in this league for years to come, you know, with Russell Wilson or without. Um, Chase Edmonds, I'm shocked they haven't used Chase Edmonds as as much as I thought they would. Um, that That is one of the surprising things because they did acquire him at the trade deadline uh, from the Miami Dolphins, and he's just looked horrible. Oh, all right, You're Dan. alive. Yes. Uh, so we have a caller here checking in, and it's a familiar voice here that we've heard on the Blitz from time to time, someone we always love hearing from. It is Mr. Smith. All right, Mr. Smith, you're on the air here. What do you want to talk about? Good afternoon, gentlemen. First, I want to say usually I don't like rants. I like that. That was good stuff right there. <laughs> I did not make you. it all out, it. but I liked it. I liked <laughs> Jesus, I like that. So I'm a huge – I mean, I love the game. See, some people have their teams, and their team's not playing. They're done for the – and my team goes out. I'm watching another team. I like the game. Mm-hmm. So which leads me after watching a couple games in, in, in point, point in case or case in point, Minnesota at the Bills. So I'm not from Buffalo. I'm a Connecticut native. I'm a New Englander, but I love the game. And I actually was talked into – and I'm not saying I don't, but I was talking to the I believe – well, after yesterday, they just let me know the Bills will take you to the altar and then say we changed our minds. It was I do on the date night, but when it comes to let's do, I don't know now. I don't know if I'm going to equate NFL football with pro wrestling. Is it real anymore? I don't even know what I saw there. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to point blame or cast blame, but that's what you want to do in a situation like this. I mean, Josh Allen, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know how another quarterback could do anymore. The man marches down the field like a fullback, which you can't even find a fullback anymore. Mm-hmm. He tries to punch balls out. He does everything. 
and they could still lose that game, I don't know what's going on. A couple things I've noticed with the legalized betting on sports, they keep mentioning the line and this and that. Are they tainting uh, a football? I don't know. I'm not saying anything, but I'm wondering what's going on. What comes to mind is that Green Bay game with the Bills, they won, but they didn't cover. And Josh was looking at nobody in front of him. He runs over rhinoceroses to score. He stops and he throws the ball to a man in green and yellow. I didn't see a Bills receiver. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the rest of the squad was out there yesterday. I, don't need, I, I would have to get in a time machine to go and watch that again to see what happened. Then moving right along to the Cowboys, and I'm going to let you guys have it. Cowboys are playing well. Dak's supposedly back. Pollard's supposedly doing his thing. Micah Parsons, a phenom, I think he's underrated. I don't know what happened there. But it's so is it two schools of football, old school and new school? Because on some teams I saw defenders looking at the offensive player and waiting. I wait for him to come five yards to me. What are you doing? As soon as you see that ball, cue on the ball. Make believe you're a golden retriever and you see a squirrel. Let's get you up here. <laughs> so there was some good football, but I don't know what's going on anymore. I, I just don't know what's going on anymore. I don't know what's going on anymore. So I'm going to listen to you guys. You help me a lot. I need help right now. I need prayer. I need football <laughs> communion. Pass the wafer and the grape juice. I need help. I love you guys, and, and I'm going to keep listening because I don't know what's going on anymore, guys. Nothing but love. I'm listening. Bye for now. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Smith. We love you, too, and uh, we always appreciate hearing from you. But, yeah, we don't uh, we don't know what's going on either. The, I mean, the script writers have gone whack. Oh, yeah. That's... It, it's like the ratings have dropped, and they're like, hey, we got we to gotta figure a way to, to get back up here. Thursday night ain't doing what it's supposed to. Uh, Boy, yeah. You, you, you want to talk about the NFL script writers going crazy yesterday. That's a perfect segue into the next game. I want to talk about the Colts and the Raiders. So as we all know, you know, Frank Reich, the former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, got fired last week and they promoted a guy with no experience at the pro or even collegiate level for that matter. His only coaching experience was three years at a prep school in Georgia Jeff Saturday, former center for the Colts, and this is an actual tweet. I want to read you a tweet from Jeff Saturday. This is real. This was Jeff Saturday, like I mentioned, via Twitter, October 30th, 2022, so about like two weeks ago, at 2.48 p.m., he tweeted, Raiders look horrible, and then... then, and then not even two weeks later, he uh, he really shows that the Raiders do indeed look horrible because he goes in there, his first game coaching at the pro or collegiate level, and wins. The Colts beat the Raiders 25-20. to The Raiders are now 2-7. and Their head coach, Josh McDaniels, has now lost 24 of his last 31 games as a head coach, according to The Athletic. And the Raiders' season... It's no better encapsulated than in the past three weeks. So week eight, they get shut out in New Orleans. Week nine, they blow a 17-point lead against the Jaguars, which is their third game this season where they've blown a lead of 17 or greater, becoming the third team in NFL history to lose three such games in a single season. And now week 10, they lose a game to a head coach who was coaching his first ever game at the pro or collegiate level. I mentioned Nathaniel Hackett might be one and done this season for the Denver Broncos, but uh, Josh McDaniels may also be one and done. I wouldn't even have been mad if they had fired him right on the spot after that game because that's the embarrassment of all 
embarrassments. Jeff Saturday now, after one game, has more wins in one-score games this season than Josh McDaniels, and he's only coached one game. I mean, just that's peak embarrassment for, for the Raiders. That's the embarrassment of all embarrassments. Yeah, I mean, it's horrible. It's funny and horrible at the same time um, that Jeff Saturday was able to win this game. I really feel bad for Frank right now. This this is even even worse than before. Jeff Saturday went out and said, "Oh yeah, Sam Ellinger's our starter. Sam Ellinger's our starter. Sam, yeah, say, no thoughts about anybody else. Sam Ellinger's our starter. Who did they come out with as their starter? Matt Ryan, huh? Wait, wait, wasn't it supposed to be that that other guy, the 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 young dude, uh, that you wouldn't allow Frank Reich to switch out? Uh, Jim Irsay is a jerk. I hope he never has success ever again in the NFL." At least team. I I hope the team does well. I just hope he never gets any credit for it. Like, you know, uh, Super Bowl, you know, winning a lot of playoff games, never win an AFC championship again, you know, always come second in the division, never win the division ever again um, until he is gone as the owner. Um, You know, it's 50-50 on why Frank Wright got that job or why he took that job uh, after – Josh McDaniels led the Colts uh, and said, hey, I'm going to be your coach. And then, you know, a week or so later, oh, nope, changed my mind. I'm staying in in New England, even though you hired all my friends who I told you to hire. So I would come over there and be your coach. Nope, never mind. Um, I I think the Colts, I I think Jim Irsay had enough of everybody saying that this was a horrible move and that this was disrespectful to the rest of the NFL coaches for hiring Saturday. You know, and he said, Saturday, you do what you want, buddy. You, you, we got a couple of beers. You convince me. You, you know, I, I can start Matt Ryan. I, I can let you start Matt Ryan. You know, Frank never sat down and drank a beer with me, man. Uh, you, you, my former center, I, I hate. I, I, this is my, like, second rant of the day. This is, like, my mini rant. Um, I, I just, I hate. I hate how this worked. I hate how this worked. You can't tell a guy to bench Matt Ryan, who you are paying millions of dollars to, and say, you got to work with this young gun who isn't ready, but you got to work with it, and you're not allowed to touch Matt Ryan. He is basically your third quarterback. Nick Foles is your backup. Have fun. Um, And I don't blame Frank Reich for not having success now. Jonathan Taylor didn't have a good game under Frank Reich until he's gone. Jonathan Taylor has his first good game with 22 carries, 147 yards and a touchdown. And 60 of those yards are, came from the touchdown. Um, I I just, I hate the Colts. I, I will never keep not say this. I, I just can't believe that he wanted Frank Reich out so bad that he set him up to fail. And now you give Jeff Saturday the ability to do whatever he wants because he's your drinking buddy. I I just, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with Jim Irsay deciding to disrespect, disrespect Frank Reich, who led him to the playoffs, who did what he could with a 39-year-old quarterback in Phillip Rivers and a 37-year-old in Matt Ryan. It wasn't even giving a full chance with Matt Ryan. Uh, I uh, 
Jim Irsay, you need to stop drinking. You need to stop looking for theatrics and a little firework here, a little little firework over there. No, 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 buddy. Let the professionals do it. Hand it off to somebody else. The only reason you got this team is because of your dad. So settle down, take a seat back, and let you you should let Frank Reich do what Frank Reich was meant to do and lead this team to victory. Instead, you are now making everybody look like a piece of crap. Um, yeah, that's my Colts rant. Uh, never gonna <laughs> like the Colts again. Uh, but my quick thought on the Raiders. Josh McDaniels, one-year coach, that's it. You're done. You're fired. Bye-bye. You're going back to New England to coach an offense again. Yeah, I mean, that's just – I feel bad for the Raiders players, too. They can't control the fact that Josh McDaniels is their head coach. I mean, they just – He lost the locker room already. Devontae Adams came out and said some people are not bought in. How can you already be not have the locker room with only being a coach for 10 weeks? Ten weeks. Uh, yeah, Josh, you're gone. I mean, they, they just seemed, they were just so broken yesterday. I mean, this was Derek Carr yesterday at the podium after that game, and you can just hear the emotions. I mean, it was rough. Sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off about some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice. What we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. Whoa. Yeah, just a uh, just a rough scene all around for the Raiders. Josh McDaniel should be one and done. I mean, th- look what Rich Bisaccia did last year for them. I mean, they had a wide receiver commit vehicular manslaughter. You know, they had a coach whose racist and homophobic emails surfaced, and despite all that, he was still able to, you know, get them to the wild card round. And then, you know, Josh McDaniels comes in. They add Devontae Adams. They add Chandler Jones, and it has just turned into a nightmare season. So you just there, you there's gotta gonna feel be bad there's that. gonna be one or two things that happen after the season. Either Josh McDaniels is fired, or Derek Carr is gone. It's one of the two. It, it it has to be one of the two now. Um, because Derek Carr just hasn't lived up to, I believe, the expectations that you have. I, I mean, you have Devontae Adams now. That that should mean that... I, I get it, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are now NIR. You know, you can't control that. But Derek Carr, you were a good enough quarterback to get through hard times. Why can't you get through it now? And, and you're crying? Come on, buddy. There's no crying in football. No, I don't. I don't. I don't blame him for that. Honestly, I, I, mean, I feel he's. I mean, he's right. These guys go through hell week in and true. week out. So, and then you know, just to go through all this stuff, and then just to for that to be two and seven. You know, despite all the work he put in, all the rehab he do, he's right. He's right. He has every right to be emotional and and ticked off. I mean, that's just that's brutal. I can't imagine being anyone in that Raiders locker room. Hey, Kenny Galladay doesn't have to go through it. That is is true. All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll uh, bring the show to a close here. Stick around for the final half hour of the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. Like a fine. 
fine wine, this handsome man is getting better and better and better. Mm -hmm. 4,000 touchdowns on the season. <laughs> Handful of interceptions, just less than three. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY. That we have Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Wait. That, that Wait. Where? <laughs> Tater, where is he? That clip is a little bit old. That's from October 2020 on the Pat McAfee Show. You know how they always do Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. So that clip is a bit old, but that's got to be the mood in Green Bay right now. I mean, they got to be going, going bananas after... After uh, last night, the Green Bay Packers defeated the Dallas Cowboys 31-28. to Aaron Rodgers, three touchdown passes yesterday. All of them went to the rookie, the second-round pick out of North Dakota State, Christian Watson, no interceptions, a 146.7 passer rating, and the 29th game-winning drive of his career. Yeah, I called it. I called it. Cheese curds, cheese heads. Whatever you want to call yourselves, I was right. I, I, you know, at some point you knew the Packers had to get on track. You just knew. It wasn't really like a, you know, Aaron has to step up, Aaron Jones has to, whichever Aaron has to step up. It's more just when. When are they come going to come back? When are they going to get the upset win? You know, it almost happened against the Bills where they did start to come back. But the Cowboys had a good game going. I mean, they were doing perfectly fine, to be honest. Uh, they were they were up what twenty eight to ten at one point, mm. or twenty eight to fourteen, I believe, yeah. one or the other. Um, and, and they just let it crumble, crumble away. Um, Schultz had a great game. I I replaced him in fantasy football, um, or I replaced Zach Ertz with. Dalton Schultz in fantasy football, and wow, what a good move I made there. Got, got, I, I give myself my own recognition, little, like, pat on the back. Why not? Um, but Dak had a good game. I mean, yeah, he had the two interceptions, which, you know, can change, but it, it's hard to be a team that's been down for so long, and you knew Aaron Rodgers was ticked. You knew all those guys on the Green Bay roster were ticked. Um, you know, losing what, four, five straight games? Or it, it, it's just not in their, their repertoire. It's mm -hmm. it, it's like it, it shouldn't even be in their dictionary at this point. It's like out of the book, you know, losing? What's that? Uh, it, except to, to losing to the 49ers, that's the only thing they know. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers had a great game. 224 yards, three touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 138 yards on 24 carries and a touchdown. Eight. Ooh, I like that sound. Ooh, that was a fancy sound. Ooh. Um, Christian Watson had an amazing game. Only off four receptions, two 107 yards, three touchdowns. Alan Lazard, what the heck, man? What the heck? You you did worse than Sammy freaking Watkins. I, I mean, they had the same amount of receptions just by two yards. But still, Sammy freaking Watkins. Mr. Flat Earth, I don't believe in nothing, man. Uh, Allen let me down. He he had five touchdowns in his last seven games. That That's amazing. But um, good win for the Packers. This This is exactly what you needed on home field, you know, 
you you got to prove to your fans that you're still there so in some capacity um you know after losing all those horrible wins but or horrible losses rather it's going to prove if you know they're going to make the playoffs this year they have the titans they have the eagles the bears the rams the dolphins the vikings and the lions left so it is going to be can they turn this year back around on itself can they beat the titans can they have a shot at the eagles can they beat the dolphins or the vikings or the lions um i don't mention the bears because that's aaron rodgers owns them that's but, right um if they lose i think what three games if they if they get to nine losses i believe their season's over um that's just my thoughts but Good win for the Packers, who desperately needed it. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about the uh, the Raiders and the Colts. I want to read you a quote here from Mark Davis, the, oh, Raider, no. the Raiders owner that just came out today. He said, quote, I like Josh McDaniels. I think he's doing a fantastic job. That's why I hired him. We did an exhaustive search and found the person we believe is going to bring the Raiders to greatness. That is Raiders owner Mark Davis on Josh McDaniels. I don't know how you could sit there and say that with a straight face after you, your, your team just lost to a guy that had never coached a collegiate or pro game in his career, but eh. I, I hope you like losing for how many more years you got this guy signed on if you like him that much. Mark Davis really screwed up by not bringing back Rich Bisaccia, um, who is now the Green Bay special teams coordinator. I I really don't think Josh will have this locker room ever um, just because of how bad he's been in pass bouts with Denver and the Browns and him always going and retreating back to Daddy Belichick. Um you know, I I just don't think he's a good head coach. He's a great offensive coordinator. He just isn't a good head coach. You you'd be right about that. All right, Daddy Belichick. The <laughs> whoa! I can't believe I said that. The Cardinals and the Rams played yesterday. The Cardinals took a 27-17 victory, and this was an absolute marquee matchup of quarterbacks in this game. Let me tell you. Wait, what? You thought I was talking about Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray? Absolutely not. Colt McCoy and John Walford squared off yesterday because Kyler Murray was dealing with a uh, hamstring injury. Matthew Stafford with a concussion. So there you go. That's got to be one of the greatest quarterback matchups in the past decade, maybe even the past 20 years. I mean, I know there's some stiff competition up there with Brady Manning and then, you know, Mahomes, Allen, but nah, Colt McCoy, John Walford, and... The Rams took the L. Cooper Cup, oh, they took the L in more ways than one because of Cooper Cup. He had three receptions yesterday for negative one yard and also sustained an ankle injury that might uh, keep him out for a couple weeks. So not only did they lose the game, they lost their entire offense. Yeah. Uh, Tanner, you forgot to mention on the Cardinals side, Trace McSorley got in. That's right. There was a huge meme about him like a couple years ago. Um, when he was on the Ravens and everybody got back into that meme like, oh my God, it's Trace McSorley. Oh my God. Um, th- this game meant absolutely nothing. Uh, th- this was a horrible game from both sides. I mean, you had to pick a winner. Cardinals just got lucky. Uh, 
you know, and, and you talk about Cooper Cup, um, you know, that's a huge loss for the Rams, but the Cardinals will be without uh, Zach Ertz for a couple of weeks. And Zach Ertz is a big red yeah. zone threat. Um, you know, he's not that guy who's going to get you a lot of passes on the season. He's he's older, you know, but he can bring down a ball in the end zone and get you touchdowns. Um, you're now down basically to DeAndre Hopkins, uh, flub, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, James Conner, and that's about it. Um, you know, you're you're gonna get Marquise Brown back in weeks or, or this week or next week. Um, and I don't think they can wait any sooner anymore, especially with Ertz getting hurt. Um, but you need Kyler to get healthy. I mean, you're lucky you got the win. You're lucky you have a better run game than the Rams. James Conner is a great running back when healthy. 69 yards and two touchdowns. He he had a lot of touchdowns last season. There's a reason why he earned a contract uh, with the Cardinals. John Walford, I, I, I picked you, John. I, I, I didn't trust Colton. I, I was wrong! Um, oh, you know what? You mentioned the Zach Ertz injury. That one, that one stings because he has been the model of freaking consistency for my fantasy team. Let me tell you what: in the first ten games of the year, he's only had two games below double-digit points, and one of those was yesterday because he only had one catch for twelve yards before he got injured. So that one stings. I mean, that guy. It does. He's been fantastic all year. Just an absolute beast in fantasy. Model of consistency. You can rely on him for a good solid, you know, ten points a week. But that's uh, unfortunately not going to happen for a while because he is uh, out injured. And then the last game from yesterday was the L.A. Chargers and the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers took the victory. 22-16. to 16. The only thing that I really noticed from this game is only only Kyle Shanahan would trade for Christian McCaffrey and then give Elijah Mitchell more touches than him. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, he, I put him on my IR. You know, he's on, he's stashed on my stashed on my IR. Haven't moved him up. Go replace him with Zach Ertz. Go work perfectly. Uh, but... I I don't know how you pulled this game out of your butts, San Francisco. You really pulled it out of complete nowhere. I I mean Ray Ray McLeod got more yards than Debo Samuel, uh, passing wise. Um, that's that's just funny. Um, Brandon Ayuk has looked really well for the past couple of weeks. You know, could that be because of injuries, or is it because now teams are overcompensating for McCaffrey and Debo? Who knows? Uh, only time will tell. But this puts you right back with the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, they they're six and four, but you're five and four. You're right there. You're right there, Jimmy. Uh, I I think Jimmy Garoppolo, even though you know he's not a touchdown scorer, he's never been big passing touchdown scoring guy. It's always been the people around him who have gotten the touchdowns. He's still proven why he's a good quarterback. He can win games. He can win games especially against a good Chargers team, even without, you know, their top two wide receivers in uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. You know, they still have a very strong defense. Even Gerald Everett went out with an injury. I mean, the the Chargers cannot 
escape injuries. That that is the one thing that's been hurting them all year. Austin Eckler didn't do anything last night when you needed him to do something. And then Herbert just didn't play to Herbert levels. I mean, 196 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Um, that That's pretty weak. That's pretty weak, buddy. Um, but good win for San Francisco. Helps you move up the chains in the NFC West. The game tonight on Monday Night Football, it's going to be the 8-0 and Philadelphia Eagles take on the 4-5 and Washington football team, Washington Commanders, whatever you want to call them. I mean, I saw a stat from ESPN today. It's had the Eagles at like an 83, I think, percent chance of winning. So that pretty much sums up this game in a nutshell. I mean, never going to say anything's impossible because, you know, any given Sunday, any given Monday, but... I mean, this is uh, pretty – I'm pretty confident here thinking that the Eagles will come away with the victory tonight, being 8-0. I mean, you never know what can happen in these divisional games, but I think the Eagles got this one pretty well in hand. You know, I, I can already hear from Joe's in class right now, but I can hear from wherever he is just saying, die, Eagles, die. I, I could just hear it, but they're going to fly tonight. They're going to open their wings. They're going to spread them out, and they're going to go, go on the commanders who will be known as the bald heads in maybe a year or two. Oh, come on. <laughs> you couldn't see Washington bald heads if Bezos buys the oh, team. Oh, I come just, on. I was confused. I didn't know where you were going. Oh, you didn't that. think like, I was going there? Okay. No, I was going with them selling the team there. All right. there. No, that's funny, though. I got you now. All right. Uh, we got about five-ish or so minutes left here, so... I guess we, we're down bad with Buffalo sports, so let's talk about the other half, the Sabres. They lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins. No, or no the, the Boston the Bruins. Bruins. Right, they lost to the Even Bruins. Worse. That was on Saturday, right? Yes. Yep, 3-1. to one. I mean, all I can say about that game pretty much is at least it was more competitive than the Golden Knights game. I mean, we got our rear ends handed to us by the Golden Knights in that game. But this one, you know, it was close. It was 1-1 one to one for the— or, well, we got up first, thanks to our Lord and Savior, Tage Thompson. But then, you know, they came back, I believe, right at the end of the second period. They came back tied at 1-1. One to one, And I haven't gotten back to watch the highlights yet. Bad uh, bad radio show host right there. But, you know, from what I saw and you know, what people were saying on Twitter, I mean, there were some good opportunities there in the third period. It's just like they had some in-front net chances, but uh, none of the guys were able to convert. And then, you know, they scored a goal and eventually tacked on an empty netter, you know, for what it's worth. So at least it was more competitive than the Knights game, but an L is still an L on the standings. It doesn't matter how competitive it was. So, uh, you know, that's that's unfortunate. And, Dan, you had mentioned something. The, NH- the NHL released their Stars of the Week, and it was missing a certain someone. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they decided for the week of November 7th to the 13th uh, to have their three Stars of the Week if t- Twitter does not refresh on me like five times in one second. Uh, their number one star was Miko Ratanen, uh, who in two games played got three goals, four assists for seven points. Their their second star was Linus Olmark. Linus Olmark? I, 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 I don't know this guy. I don't want to know him. I, I don't like Linus Olmark. I don't know who he is. Uh, you know, he... He basically won all his three games during the week. And then uh, Adam Fox uh, from the New York 
horrible Rangers, uh, who got two goals and six assists for eight points in four games. Um, you're 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 missing somebody. Tage had six points in one game. He had eleven points in three games. He's been on a tear. He's he's been scoring nonstop. The dude is our only source of offense right now, and. You're telling me the dude doesn't deserve uh, at least a star? You know, you can't even get a single star. Uh, how how bad can it be? I mean, it must be that... It must be because the Sabres are bad that they're discrediting Tage. I mean, it must be. They've, only, they've been horrible. They're on the five-game losing streak now. Uh, it's not good. For a team that's, you know, rebuilding or trying to push for playoffs or whatever they are at this point to lose five straight games, um, you know, it, it doesn't help us by any means. It keeps us now third last in our division, um, you know, only being ahead of the Montreal Canadiens and the Ottawa Senators. Which is, oh, never mind. Never mind the Canadians. They're ahead of us. Never mind. I was wrong. We're only ahead of the Senators. Um, and they still have a game in hand. Um, everybody else in the division is basically 17 points or higher. Uh, you know, the Bruins are o- the only one in the 20s with 28. Uh, yeah, it's not looking good. It's just really not looking good. I. It, it really ain't good. It, no, not good. Well, at least if there's a silver lining to look at, it's that the schedule does get, you know, a little bit easier in the coming, you know, week, 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 weeks, you know, just in just the near week. future, the schedule gets a little bit easier. We got the Canucks, who we already beat once. We hung five on them. We've got the Senators, who we beat on opening night. We've got the Maple Leafs. That's, I mean... That's going to be tougher than the other two, I would say, because you do got to deal with Austin Matthews. But, you know, that's a winnable game. We got the Canadians, which, you know, we lost to them earlier in the season, but it was only 3-2. to two. Um, You've got the Blues, Tage's old club, the Devils, and then, you know, we got the Lightning again, so we'll have a, a chance to redeem ourselves. But that takes us to pretty much up to the end of the month. So for the remainder of the month of November, the schedule is not, you know, as grueling as, you know, this past, let's say, five-game stretch has been. So that's at least something Well, except positive. for Arizona. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that, the one game. That one hurt. But yeah. uh, we have chance to make up ground here. If we can get our head back on our shoulders and get back to playing Sabres hockey through the first 10 games of this season, then we have a chance to make up some ground. Cause like I said, the schedule is not going to be too grueling. And the good news is, is that Henry Okiaru is close to being back to return. So that's also a good thing. Yeah, it really, it, it almost looked uh, horrible during the Bruins game. Uh, like you said, you didn't watch the whole game, oh, you know, but, but I, I did. do know Darlene. Yeah. Darlene got hurt. You know, he did come back, thank God. Uh, but I don't blame this, the the Bruins' loss on Craig Anderson. Uh, the first goal was just a lucky bounce that went to the Bruins. Um, it, it was basically a two-on-zero situation or two-on-one almost. Um, and then the other two goals, you know, the one empty netter. And then the other one was just a lucky power play shot. You know, it was, it, it was the guy's, I think, first goal of the season. But... um. Tanner, there's there's breaking news right before we end. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals have informed running back Eno Benjamin that they are releasing him, even though he started for them when James Conner was hurt. What a shocking move. 
tough for for uh, Eno Benjamin. I I just can't believe that they would cut him. I I don't get it. I mean, he was like their their Chase Edmonds to James Conner. I mean, it was very it, it's very odd. Even Sal Capaccio is surprised that I does. He's like, that's interesting and seems odd. <laughs> I, I I don't think this is just odd. This I I don't understand what's going in the mind of uh of uh cliff kingsbury right now you know is college getting to him where he can just recruit a new guy uh and get him to sign for four years i i don't know common arizona cardinals l there cutting ties with the with eno benjamin and on that we are gonna cut ties with today's episode and go back to regularly scheduled programming but we thank you for listening to another episode of the blitz i have been your host tanner saunders you can find me on twitter at tj saunders 2000 tweet at me so i can make a fool out of myself on the internet and dan uh you can find me on twitter at double underscore d capital w b n y all right and that is gonna do it for my co-host dan dale this is tanner saunders saying thank you for listening to this episode of the blitz and we will see you in the next one have a great day